Glover Daniels delivers fast and flexible recruitment research solutions to leading multinational companies and executive search consultancies around the world. Just go to gloverdaniels.com to find out more. Recruiterslivelounge.com, where you get to hang out with the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. Hosted by Roy Ripper. Hey everyone, welcome back to Recruiters Live Lounge, where you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspiring recruiters on the planet. And today's Live Lounge guest is Christine Tautadi. I'm going to make sure that I really try and pronounce that correctly. Um, and we'll find out why that surname is quite interesting uh, in a short while. But Christine essentially is the co-founder and director of The Needle, um, which is a candidate video interview platform. And they're based on the Isle of Man in the UK. Um, but Christine is originally from New Zealand. Um, where she started her career in sales and marketing. When she came over to the UK um, in 2005, she got involved in recruitment, and we're really pleased that she did. She immediately fell in love with our industry and started a 10-year career in a space that I'm really personally very interested in finding out more about. It's the interim recruitment market. Um, four years ago, she decided to set up her own business and launch The Needle with a partner. Um, and it, basically, the experience that, that Christine built up as a recruiter and then prior to that in sales and marketing, this product that she's going to talk about is, is really set up uh, for recruiters. All right, She's a recruiter. She understands exactly what we think, what we feel, the, the, the challenges that we have. And this product is... Uh, has been launched to 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 really kind of answer uh, that particular market. Um, Christine, I hope that I got the pronunciation of your name correctly. Did I? And how's it going? Uh, not bad, Roy. Um, <laughs> it's going really well. Yeah, your pronunciation is not bad. It's Totari. Totari. Okay, <laughs> Christine. Uh, you you know, did well. Tell us the t tell us the origin because people I, I've just said they're from New Zealand, but um, you were explaining about the surname to me earlier. Uh, yeah, well, well, it's it's New Zealand Maori, so I'm of uh, I have Maori ancestry in in my bloodlines, but um, I also have English and Irish as well, which is um, one of the reasons I came to the UK. I had a, an ancestry visa through a grandparent, so uh, who was actually born in the north of England. So there you go. We're all we're everywhere, us Kiwis. <laughs> you, you you really are world citizens. I um I lived for a while down in Earl's Court, so I got to meet. <laughs> Quite a few, usually around the drinking, uh, the drinking dens. Yeah. But uh, a load of Kiwis, many, probably many more Australians, and a few kind of South Africans thrown yeah. into the mix as well. But yeah. uh, some good times. I stuck to the north of England. <laughs> good for you, um, Christy. Before we get going, tell us a bit about the work that you guys do down at the Needle. Okay, so um, we are an online video interviewing platform. So. Um, we essentially sell to recruiters, both in-house and agency recruiters. And our software basically provides the tools to um, in engage with candidates at the early stages of the recruitment process. So when you've just got a CV, um, you've, you've got a bunch of words on a piece of paper or on the screen, and you really don't know what that person is like. 
until you see them either in a face-to-face interview. And even a telephone interview doesn't really cut it. So there was a huge gap there. So the video interview fits in nicely to help assess at the early stages, and I say earlier the better. Um, It also gives recruiters the tools to be able to connect with line managers. So connect them with the videos because they're recorded. You can then share them. And it connects the whole process up, but it, it offers that personal touch, which you can't get. Um, okay, if you're a recruitment agency and you're an agency consultant, you will interview the candidate, but it's your word to the line manager to get yeah. them to agree to you know, your shortlist. So yeah. if you've got a recording of the candidate, it's just so much more powerful. It really gets their attention. So. It's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant tool as well. It's it's interesting actually, Christine, and quite timely in that um, this morning I was on a uh, a webinar with my private coaching group, and this question came up, you know, about um, should I meet every candidate, and does my client then have to meet every candidate? And uh, you know, the 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 solution came up. Surely there's some technology out there, um, and I knew that I was speaking with you today, so. Um, it's really, really timely. I think more and more recruiters are saying, look, I want to embrace technology. What can I do to you know, make my candidate, my client, and even my own experience much better? Yeah, um, I think that whole productivity thing is um, key for recruitment agencies. You know, how are you going to meet every single candidate? Generally, recruitment agencies don't meet every single candidate. No. But then you've got the reach with video, which allows you to connect as many candidates up to the process in a better way in a more consistent way i love it christine brilliant listen let's get let's get straight into this you know uh from from seeing previous episodes of recruiters live lounge we love to kick off with uh with our guests favorite success quote what's yours (laughs) okay um not necessarily success but uh, my favorite scientist and spiritual being of all time it's got to be albert einstein um, I mean, he was ahead of his game. He instinctively knew the secrets of the universe before he'd even proved them. And, um, but one of his, his classics is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And <laughs> I love everyone that. laughs because we know we've all done it. But um, if it's not working, change it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's something I think about every day because if you embrace change, it becomes norm, the norm. And then if it becomes the norm, you wonder what all the fuss was about. <laughs> So um. it's really true, actually. And I I love that. You know, again, a a great fan of Einstein. And I agree with you. And it's funny because I do think recruiters, when we're, uh, you know, sort of rocking and rolling, we're doing the job that we do really well for candidates and clients. We are solution finders you know we 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 see a problem in our clients and candidates we see problems and we help to to fix them by offering different solutions unfortunately we perhaps don't do the same for our own you know the the situations that we come across but um i love that i love the fact that you you're you're using that and and, and applying (laughs) it um christine look I, i also know that behind every successful entrepreneur and uh, that we get into the live lounge there's generally been a moment where it didn't go completely you know according to plan and and i'm really interested you know on behalf of our viewers and listeners to find out what you regarded as your biggest failure you know prior to to doing what you do um well i in terms of failures i mean there's been so many of them i can't (laughs) list them all um (laughs) 
I, I had a business before this. Um, it was nothing to do with recruitment, actually. It was a dating website, and it, it crashed and burned. We failed abysmally, and uh, I was working as a recruitment consultant at the time, full-time, and doing it in my spare time, and that, right. that absolutely crashed and burned. But what it did teach me is that if I'm going to go into software development, I need people who can software develop, and, who, and I need the expertise on board. So that taught me something, but um, I was going to actually talk about a chap named Paul who used to work in one of my recruitment teams uh, mm. when I was recruiting in Leeds. And, and Paul was fantastic. As a recruitment consultant, he, um, he really looked after his candidates. He sourced really well. He did loads of things really well. But he absolutely hated selling. Right. He hated selling with a passion. And I didn't know this. So I was forcing him down the route of, come on, Paul, you can do better than this. Sure. What training do I need to, to give you to make you better at this? And it got to the point where I was trying to ram a square peg in a round hole and it just didn't work. And, yeah. you know, Paul, Paul and I sat down one day and we said, look, it's not working, is it? You're not enjoying this, are you? And he said, no. And I said to him, okay, so what can we do about this? And I said, what do you want to do rather than what you're doing now? And he said, I actually want to have a go at procurement. And I said, well, okay, you're in the best place because we recruit procurement people. So... So we got about um, finding him a job and we actually, I actually placed him in a temporary contract and made a fee on it and then got a temp to perm fee as well and he's happy and I'm happy <laughs> and I think the problem with recruitment today is often companies get bent out of shape about people leaving or getting or not fitting and there's always a solution, you know, so they act badly towards people whereas um, there's no point in holding a person back yeah. for their own benefit, you might as well you know, there's always a benefit in the end. I mean, we, we got a fee. Um, he he uh, contacted me on LinkedIn uh, not so long ago and said, hi, Christine, how's it going? So, you know, I think that um, that was kind of like a nice failure, but it turned into a, a positive. Some real takeaways there as well. And I agree with you. I, you know, I, I've been guilty of it myself where you just say, okay, well, look, you know, here's the job description and <laughs> I need people kind of performing in this cookie cutter uh, you know, type of environment, and it just doesn't work. You know, yeah. people grow out of roles. People struggle with certain aspects, and the far better thing to do is is you know find out and play to their strengths. Certainly, develop areas that need to be developed. You know, but um, go with it where people's passion uh, lies, and 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 not lose that, as you said, that that experience and knowledge and everything else. I think a lot of us as companies, we lose people because they don't fit the cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. um, and just a little bit of a, a tweak and a change, we could, you know, redeploy that person. Yeah, no, good good advice. Good takeaway there, Christine. Um, you know, listen, conversely to that, we have these, uh, you know, kind of things that, that challenge us. What was the eureka moment for you? You know, when when did that light bulb go off where suddenly recruitment um and, and i'm interested in the interim side as well but specifically you know what changed for you where that light bulb went off um i think um i don't know i think it was in the bottom of a, a nice glass of sauvignon blanc on a sunny day <laughs> Always but, <laughs> but um i think working for large corporates you find that their structures are quite rigid so um i I'm always thinking of the word value in my head whenever I'm doing something and I wasn't seeing value and it almost forced me down the route of saying well, how can I how can I affect value you know put, add value into my daily routine right. 
and it was it was really again I, I don't mean to hop on about it but it was connecting connect, having the connecting um, pieces of the puzzle at the beginning of the process and actually being able to source the right people you know I mean at the end of the day that's what we're in the business of doing sure um, and I I don't know people have asked me how I made the transition from recruitment consultant to recruitment software business owner yeah. and it was it was a natural progression for me because um, I saw a solution, which, we, as you said before, we're all finding, um, and we're all finding solutions, but it was a solution that added value to the process. Right. And um, uh, don't get me wrong, I made, you know, I, I'm, I'm now probably making less money than I ever have, <laughs> but I'm building something, and it's a, it's a creative um, area. You know, I think I, what happened was I became more creative. Right. Um, and I was just being... Um, crowded by by the corporate structure, so I had to get out of it, and and I got out of it and moved into an area where I can still work with recruiters, but I'm offering them the tools that I thought I should have had as a recruiter. So I still don't really see myself out of recruitment. I just see myself as naturally progressing into an area where I can help recruiters, and I speak to them all day, every day. So. You know, it's a great life, isn't it, Christine? Snap! It's like welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, the it thing is. is, recruiters are really fun to be around, and and um, you know there is there's the excitement of a, a recruitment office, and you know great candidates and great clients, and you're hearing about successes. But it's lovely when you can feed, as you've done, that creativity bit of your soul. So you're doing something that personally motivates you, but with an environment that you've grown up in and, and you know and loved it's like it's the perfect match isn't yeah. it yeah i think if i could translate if if um recruitment business owners could translate that kind of creativity back into their their own business um i may not have left the recruitment industry but may have had an opportunity to still be creative but yeah. it was just quite constricting so i think i think it's possible but um but you know recruitment business owners have to wake up and realize it's possible first and foremost and i think there are some quite rigid ways in which um the recruitment industry still works so it's um yeah <laughs> yeah no i i agree and and you're right there there's a minority a growing minority but um there are some people that have got that more progressive kind of attitude towards it which is mm. as an industry you know we do we are changing we've always been changing we've always been evolving but um we are changing we are evolving and as such you know there are different requirements that uh, you know we we need within our recruitment businesses for example you know a real positive slant on on uh, you know outward bound marketing and and mm -hmm. uh, lead generation through content marketing you know as an example mm -hmm. and i think some really switched on business owners that certainly you know that i'm working with are seeing the potential there yeah. embracing everything that technology is throwing up including things like video interviewing um and um and and realigning their teams you know it's like okay well we need somebody to do this rather than go outside you know, who have we got yeah. internally that's yeah, got that kind of passion and creativity? Exactly. If you've never brought that out of your people before, how do you know that it exists before? Have you ever asked them, you know? Yeah. And, and, and generally, you can find it within the people you've got in your business. You just haven't looked there before. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting area. Te Technology is an interesting area as well because it, um, it really challenges people. You know, a lot of people give the excuse of, oh, I'm not tech technology, I'm a bit technology averse, but actually 
they're not they just haven't been shown it in the right way you know or, or they do like me i pretend sometimes that oh i'm not really good at tech it's like i love it but i yeah. just don't kind of keep behind be, be, sorry keep below the radar so you don't set yourself <laughs> up as an but then, expert you know that's the challenge of for the technology industry yeah. to build software that recruiters can use that's easy to understand um is intuitive and you don't have to think much about it because it all looks pretty pretty much what you're used to yeah but it does it does so much more yeah. you know yeah so that's our job Sim- simplicity <laughs> I, I, yeah. at last i'm speaking to somebody that talks simplicity workflow and simplicity good good Those words <laughs> christine what do you do on a daily basis personally to set yourself up for success is there like a morning routine or something <laughs> that you do uh no i'm not that flash actually um, <laughs> um i think the one thing i do mentally and it might sound really cheesy but I constantly drive myself to be creative and think of new ideas every day. Right. It drives my business partner insane because I'll come up with all sorts of ideas and you know he'll want a specification for them. And, um, but, I, but I firmly believe if you can imagine something, you can use your imagination and imagine something, then you can make it happen. Yeah. And um, you know, this is the reason why I left my job to go and work in this creative field because yeah. uh, you know it really has opened my eyes. I don't feel like I'm working anymore. I feel like I'm creating, and um, it's a completely different feeling. So yeah. I think if you can always imagine it, then then you'll you'll always have something going on. You know. that's the only thing I can say I do differently I think it's a big thing Christine I really do I think it's um, uh, Tony Robbins talks a lot about you know every amazing thing started off as an idea uh, an idea in somebody's mind you know and and then what happens is that if you've got that creativity that you can think of an idea it's amazing how uh, you can consciously start moving towards something if you can picture it and imagine it vividly it's amazing how quickly mm-hmm. you can move to move towards it. So keep those ideas flowing. <laughs> do you, just I don't worry, it just, just happens. <laughs> do you, just out of interest, do you keep a journal of the ideas or do you just verbalise them? How, how do you kind of all organise those? I kind of, um, sometimes I write them down. Other times I just sit on them and manifest them because, you know, they become stronger and stronger. Sure. And the more that you can visualise it, then by the time you go to write it down, it's complete. And then you can write the whole thing from start to finish because you've got exactly what the workflow looks like. Brilliant. And, I mean, that's how my brain works, but um, that's how I do it. So um, it's almost like if you're constantly thinking, and, and it's, it's based around um, adding quality and value to a process. Right. For me. So uh, if it's adding quality or it's adding value, then it's worth doing. And if it's not, then it's not. And you've got the added bonus, I suppose, of having a partner in David who is quite process orientated and you know, um, puts he, the tech he, behind it or not? He, yeah, he, he can break it down into engineering speak, right? Um, which I can't do. I, I fail abysmally. At, there's another failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> abysmally at doing that. Um, so, yeah. Good. I, I, I do try, but I, I, I get yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, on that subject, what, what would um, you describe as your biggest strength, but also your biggest kind of weakness as, a, as an entrepreneur? Um, probably my biggest strength is just my belligerent drive. <laughs> I just keep on going. I don't, um, I don't uh, you know, in creativity, um, 
try, try, trying to look at things um, out into the future. Right. That's difficult sometimes, but um, but my biggest weakness uh, is documentation. <laughs> I just it's, um, this is not something I do naturally. Um, again, drives David insane, but. Uh, I, when I've got this idea, he says, write it down, write it down, write it down. And I'll get to the point where I'm ready to write it down, as I explained earlier. But um, yeah, it comes out not in engineering speak, and he just changes it all, and, it, and it, then it's perfect. It, so it's, <laughs> it's so it's remarkable, though, isn't it? Because behind a lot of creatives, and, and interestingly, your background in sales and marketing, um, we're notorious. You know, salespeople are notorious for being the flair players that will you know conjure something out of nothing etc but we're not great at paperwork we're not great at documentation i think it's it's actually an interesting trait i see a lot in very successful recruiters and salespeople in general yeah Yeah, it's something i have to i have to discipline myself to do otherwise uh nobody else knows what's going on in the business and and i get yelled at It's good, to, it's good to have that voice of reason behind you. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, um, Christine, I'm, I'm really interested. You know, you've worked in our industry for, you know, a while now. I'm interested in you looking into your crystal ball and taking a, a view of how the industry is going to develop, say, in the next five years. What do you see for our future? What do you see the industry? How do you see the industry developing over the next five years? Well, um, it's, a, it's an interesting question, actually, because... It's, it's almost like a question that um, one of my line managers uh, at the time, in 2010 when I left Hayes, actually asked me. And I told him what I thought and he didn't really like that. But he, he lost his job not long after. And oh. one of the, but, but so did a lot of other people. So um, my view on recruitment back then is still my view now. And I can kind of see it happening now. But a lot of the high street brands I feel will be, they're slowly turning into these big machines that yeah. that have, and there's no disrespect to them because there's certainly um, a, there's a huge business in the volume market, yeah. and they're turning into these big machines that have bums on seats. Excuse the um, the, the 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 saying, but um, they they're looking at the MSP and the RPO market. They're looking at big contracts with big corporates, um, and. There had been a thinning out of management, and if you look at, say, Hayes as an example, yeah. the huge culling of middle management, sure. which we kind of could see coming because the productivity levels um, needed to increase yeah. for these big machines to work properly, and unfortunately, a lot of um, middle management weren't fee earning, so yeah. they, they, they got culled out, but what that did was provide an uprising of um, almost boutique agencies with specialists. Um, and I see more and more specialists coming on, coming into the market every day because there's there's quite a um, you know after the recession there's quite a I suppose um, um, a glut of um, um, people a skill shortage yeah. should I say yeah um, so there's there's a need for these these niche agencies to actually provide a service to in-house recruiters um, but also the in-house movement is improving and increasing so. Um, you see more in-house teams now. Um, they are a lot of them are ex-agencies, yeah. uh, and and also I see that um, technology is going to play a big part in in the future. Um, maybe not. You know, five years is not a lot of time to no. be predicting. I, I I say there's a 
couple of decades in there of change that's going to happen. Yeah. But um, there are some amazing smarter sourcing solutions out there now in search um, tools that are available and technologies that people, as I say, haven't really got on the bandwagon of yet. But yeah. data sifting technologies where um, engagement is the key focus with candidates who haven't even decided they're going to change jobs yet. Yeah. They're still thinking about the job they're in now, but these technologies are starting to have businesses engaging with them to find out what they're interested in and their values and whether they align with the company. So there's a different way of looking at it now. And I, I don't think agencies are going to disappear. I just think they're going to be more focused and more structured. And that's for the better, really. Great vision, Christine. And, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm as optimistic as you and, and, and supportive of that. I think as an industry, we do, you know, as I've said earlier, we, we, we have evolved, but we've got to continue to embrace that change. We've got to continue to evolve as an industry and and be seen, you know, by the public, by clients, by candidates, not as bums on seats merchants, um, but as somebody that's really adding value to that process and and um and it's that engagement piece I, I i totally agree with you i think i believe strongly that recruitment businesses will be judged by the retention of the employees mm-hmm. that we introduce yep. um and you know and and you know similar i suppose in the in the way to something like TripAdvisor or whatever it's like you know i think we will be judged and it's very very public as well you know social media means that there are no corners to hide in yeah uh, we're going to be judged by our, our customers our clients yeah. and our candidates but it's, it's also those conversations that go on um between people you know and what they talk about and they do sure. talk about real issues sure. you know, it's not just chitty chat it's actually there are real issues being discussed on a lot of social media platforms yeah. and these can all be sifted in and, and analyzed um which is quite scary in a way but <laughs> useful very scary very <laughs> useful um christine we've we've reached that stage in our interview where we switch to the lightning round so I've got to ask you, Christine, are you ready for the lightning round? Oh, okay. I'm going to try my hardest. <laughs> Brace yourself. <laughs> the lightning round. Christine, what's the number one thing that you see holding recruiters back from becoming more successful? Okay, that's easy. Uh, traditional KPI structures that are left over from old school recruiter days. Yeah. And... Money is a key driver still, and I think the problem is most people aren't driven by money as their number one, uh, their number one um, driver. Um, I think as recruitment businesses, if you're not seeking out your first priority as quality, then um, and you're still continuing down the route of rewarding on fee performance, yeah. then you're going to come unstuck. It's not sustainable, especially if you end up in another recession, which yeah. could could easily happen. So quality for me is key. So I think that's that's the the number one thing that the recruitment industry needs to start thinking about in terms of change. It's I, I like that as well. I really do. I think um, it's interesting because I just remember when I stopped thinking about the money and the size of the deal and just focused in on making a great match. Ironically, I ended up making more money and more placements. Yeah. So, but you don't have refunds either because exactly. you you're not making decisions based on um, pressure from making money, yeah. which is the wrong, you know, you're going to make mistakes <laughs> if, you, if you think like that. Yeah. And I think if companies drive people like that, they're all going to make mistakes. Yeah. They're not going to fit. Good. Thank you, Christine. <laughs> um, 
Christine, question number two, what is the best piece of business or recruitment advice you've ever heard? Okay, um, it, the best recruitment advice I've ever received was from a regional director of mine who I used to work for at Hayes. Okay. And uh, she's amazing. She's actually so amazing. So she's actually doing some work for me at the moment, which is great to be working together again. Good. Um, but she taught me to never give up and always look at the challenges as opportunities because, you know, it's never over in the recruitment game. Never over. You just, um, you know, if you lose a deal or your placement goes wrong, um, there's always a way to turn it around and, and take advantage of it. And you just need to remain focused and open to opportunities. And I think um, never close the door. That, that, I mean, that stuck with me right throughout. Right throughout. Best piece of advice. I, I, I love that. I've got to meet your ex-regional manager. She's amazing. <laughs> she sounds amazing. <laughs> She'll be watching this. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. Great piece of advice. Love that one. Um, Christine, what is something that you see working brilliantly in your business or for you personally right now? So that could be a, I don't know, a hack or a piece of software or an app or whatever, but something that's working really well for you. Oh, I'm going to be very old-fashioned here. It's not technology. It's old-fashioned face-to-face networking. Good. It, it works so well that we convert leads off the back of it and we wouldn't have a business without it. And I would encourage everyone to get off their butts and go and do some networking because the more people you meet, it just enriches your network and face-to-face is so much more powerful. Even though we're in in the video, you know, we're on video here and we're in the video world, um, it, it has worked really well for us. It's really, really, it's really refreshing to hear somebody who, you know, you're in a software company, but, but saying that, and it's funny because I think that's the beauty of technology. It speeds up the ability to exactly. identify, but actually will never replace good old-fashioned, as you said, face-to-face yeah. Uh, you know, sort of uh, interaction and engagement. So it's really refreshing to hear that from um, from somebody in, in our space. Um, Christine, what's the best business book that you've ever read? Okay, so am I allowed to say that I find business books a little bit boring? Yes, you're allowed to say that. <laughs> but, um, Give me another book that's inspired you. I'm not the best person to ask that question to. Doesn't matter. Um, I have read a book recently called zero to one. I don't know if you've heard it, heard of it. I um, can't remember the author now, but worry, um, find it. it's a great book because what it actually does is it talks about um, uh, bringing new ideas to market and how zero to one is, is the difference between zero to N. And if you're mathematically inclined, zero to N is basically explaining um, the duplication of ideas into a mass market, whereas okay. zero to one explains uh, a new product, a new idea, which is benefiting the world, um, which is, which, you know, um, I feel like we've, I think we're benefiting the world with video interviewing, but um, this really explained it to me in the idea that it's, it's very easy to duplicate an idea, but it's very hard to bring a new idea to market. Wow. And so it's quite a motivational book in that respect because it, it's um, for anybody who's bringing a new idea into a market, um, they should read it. It's really short, so good for my attention span. <laughs> but it put it, it put it into context of talking about Google and all these big companies that um, provide something, but the, the new ideas and niche ideas are the ones that grow the world's learning, so to speak. So it's a good book. <laughs> good read. Listen, yeah, no, look, zero to one. And what we'll do is we'll... 
find the author and we'll post the links kind of um you know sort of underneath the episode um so that people can find it um final question the the lightning round and and uh, and then we'll um, sadly go to, to to wrap it up christine but the final question for you is if you woke up tomorrow morning you still had all the experience the knowledge that you currently have you know from the experience that you've had but your business the needle wasn't there what would you do um strangely this is something i think about all the time because <laughs> your business can teeter on the brink of failure or success yeah all the time um things can happen to you that completely decimate your business sure. or decimate your life for that matter sure. so um I, i'm doing something i absolutely love as well so you know that's quite close to my heart but um, if it was all taken away, guess what? I've still got a brain and I've still got an imagination. And as I said earlier, if you can imagine it, you can build it again. Right. And it, it's, it's just not getting attached to, attached to the end result, attached to money, attached to material things. Because yeah. if you get attached to it too much, it will never happen. I mean, that sounds a little bit deep and everything, but um, it's actually true in reality. Um, so, you know, I, I just say for, for people who want to go and do what they really want to do, just go out there and grab it because to do it now. Because, you know, <laughs> yes, tomorrow could have changed. Everything could have changed. I so, love, I love yeah. that, Christine. I really do. It reminds me of the, um, you know, piece of advice that somebody once said to me that enjoy the journey, you know, because sometimes just the sheer thing of, of, of building a business even if that business doesn't ultimately succeed, it's like just enjoy every single moment of it. Even the moments that aren't so great, savour it because, you know, success isn't a destination. It, it, it is the journey, you know, and it's yeah. it's, it's, it's understanding that. Yeah. Um, sadly, Christine, we really have reached the, the end of our, our brief time together. Um, I'd just like you to, if, if possible, give our viewers and our listeners uh, one final piece of advice though you know your interview today has been packed full of good advice but one parting piece of advice for them but also um, letting people know how they can get in touch with you after hearing the show okay um, so getting that out of the way if you want to get in touch with me um, feel free to call me on my mobile um, 07540182408 um, also, you can uh, email me at christine at theneedleonline.com and um, please visit our website. It's um, theneedleonline.com, strangely enough. Um, parting piece of advice would be uh, make sure you're true to yourself. Make sure you're doing the best you can do um, and add quality to everything you do. And don't, uh, don't, don't compromise on that because the results will be worth it. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Christine, thank you. On behalf of everybody here at Recruiters Live Lounge, to all of our listeners and viewers, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks, um, Roy. It's been really good speaking with you and, and, and meeting you and finding out about your journey. Um, to everyone that's listening um, or, or watching, thank you very much for joining us today. Also, uh, to keep getting episodes just like this one make sure that you subscribe because then what will happen is you'll just get them delivered to your your inbox automatically um, and you can subscribe you know via itunes or you know you can go to you can do it via google so you can subscribe to the podcast 
or to the uh, to the visual hangout the google hangout um anywhere you want to do it but uh, but just just do that and that way you won't miss out on any of these episodes um thank you very much for joining us today until i see you again take care bye bye thanks Roy. bye 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 everyone you've been listening to recruiters live lounge with roy ripper join us next time for more insights and incredible success journeys to help you be a better recruitment business leader how do you ensure that you deliver the best candidate in the market as opposed to on the market to your clients Glover Daniels delivers fast and flexible recruitment research solutions to leading multinational companies and executive search consultancies around the world. They're able to deliver first-class results on your executive search assignments in a fraction of the usual time, which can also save you money. Go to gloverdaniels.com to receive an incredible discount on your very first assignment.